Everyone, continue our read through the New Testament. Today we bring the gospel according to John to an end by reading chapter 21. In many ways, this chapter appears to be a kind of postscript by John, but perhaps he meant to wrap it up uh, with verses 30 and 31 of the last chapter, which would have been a fitting ending, uh, but perhaps something else came to his mind that he wanted to add and attach here quickly, and that's what we get here in 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. And when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you might that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And although there were so many, the net was torn. And Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so, it went, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So we'll stop there. So here we see this account, right, where Peter's like, hey, I am going fishing. Perhaps Peter, having denied the Lord, thought that he had forfeited the privilege of being a witness of Jesus, Jesus's resurrection. And all night they went fishing and didn't catch anything. Now remember, this is very reminiscent of how Peter and his and James and John had been called. Back in Luke chapter 5, we see that this is the same very situation that Peter, James, and John were actually called into ministry was through this. And nevertheless, Jesus uses this as an opportunity to once again commission these saints to go be fishers of men. And so they, he has Jesus comes up to them and calls them to throw their net to the right side of the boat. And there they are able to gather a massive load of fish, right? And immediately they, because of this, they know, okay, this is the Lord. And so Peter throws on his outer garment uh, and decides to just jump in. Now, this is seems strange. It doesn't make any much sense that he would put on his outer garment if he was going to jump in the water. But perhaps this was just a picture of the sheer reverence that he had for the resurrected Lord. He did not want to appear unclothed in his presence. And so we see this beautiful picture, right, of here the third time Jesus has now shown himself to the disciples. And now let's see what he has to say to them. Verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, or son, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had been reclining at table close to him. And he said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain, I come. What is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things and who knows that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so here we see this scene opening after breakfast where Jesus refers to Simon, right? And three times he asked the questions, do you love me? Now remember, how many times did Jesus, or did Peter deny Jesus? He denied him three times. So these three references to do you love me are symbolic of the full restoration of Peter. Peter is being fully restored by the Lord here, right? Do you love me more than you love these nets and fish? That's what he means by do you love me more than these Do you love me more than this past lifestyle? Do you love me? If you do, then feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Go and be my minister. When Peter writes to his fellow elders in 1 Peter, he urges them to shepherd the flock of God that is among them, making very clear he fully understood what Jesus meant by these terms. Take care of my flock. Feed them with the word. Care for them with compassion. Love them and lead them as the men that I'm setting you apart to be. And that's the message that Peter will give to his under, to the under-shepherds of Christ as they go to lead the churches. He then tells Peter the reality of by what kind of death he would die. We, we know from tradition that Peter was martyred by being crucified upside down. And so he's basically told, you're going to die for me, Peter. As you older, as you age, you will die for me. And Peter now looks to John, and he does what a lot of us do. He sees John following, and he asks, "Hey, well, what about him? What's going to happen with him, Lord?" And the Lord says something so important: "If it is my will that he remains until I come, what is that to you? You follow me." I love that. How often in our own Christian walk we see what God is doing in the lives of others and we grow jealous or covetous. We don't like the lot that the Lord's given us. And yet, the Lord has a single message to us. What is it that we worry about anything else that He does with someone else? We need to follow Him in whatever specific area He's called us using whatever specific gifts He's given us. What's the message from the Lord to us today? Follow me. That's his message. Like the original call given by Jesus to his, his apostles, the, this, this incident has restored Peter, 
And now he is being told the great the commission, follow me. That's the call of the disciple of Christ. Follow him. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Don't worry about, you know, how he's choosing to use others in the kingdom. You focus on what you've been called to do, and you go after it with all your heart as you go after the Lord, following him. And then this book closes with the reality that not everything was placed in the Gospels. Not every single thing that could have possibly been written is in here, right? The writer is using exaggeration to make a point that the Gospel writers had to be selective of the facts and details included in their accounts. If everything would have been written, you know, this hyperbole of not even the world could hold all the books. The picture is simply this. Everything that has been written is sufficient for us to believe. God has given us a word that is sufficient for salvation, sufficient for holiness of life, sufficient for witnessing to others the good news of Jesus Christ, the reality that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you may have life in His name. What a Savior. Let's go follow Him. God bless.